The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will I'm your host. It's a Brady Quinn football show. Pew, 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 pew. Can I go off on a tangent first? Sure. I had my the opportunity to go out to the national championship game at SoFi Stadium, which people made a big deal about no tailgating, which I agree was awful. The fact that you're hosting a national championship game, you're not able to tailgate out there. But due to the bomb cyclone and the weather that moved through, most people weren't going to be able to, <laughs> able to tailgate anyway. So the weather would have kind of wiped that out, even if it was allowed. However, have you been out there yet, Will? I have been. I've been there with you. Right? Have you been there? Yeah. Okay. Super Bowl was there, remember? That's right. I, I don't know why for why I kind of forgot about that. Uh, it is the... Oddest constructed stadium. It looks really cool. It's a great venue, I think, when you're able to kind of sit and watch a game. Um, however, the fact that if you're like on level seven and you need to go down to level six on the west side and you're on the east side of the stadium, you can't just go downstairs and walk around. You've got to walk around seven and then go down to six and walk back through. Or if you have to go to five, you have to – like because of the openings, you literally can't walk around the entire stadium depending on where you are which is such a pain, such a hassle. Uh, people are complaining about the hot dogs. They're saying they look similar to, I don't know, I guess a Bildo. Uh, maybe not even that magnificent, but they don't look very appetizing. As not well. even that magnificent? <laughs> no. They've got a roof that because of all the rain, there's still water coming in through. Not only the openings as well in the stadium, but even the roof. They're still dripping through. There's so much rain. Um, but anyway, it was uh, it's a great venue to watch a game. I'm still kind of looking at the construct of it, thinking this wasn't very well thought out. Wow. Uh, was, it all made okay? was it all been okay when you got to interview, when you got interviewed on the field by someone named Brinson? <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a long lost relative, but. Uh, I don't know if he's better at his job than I am. Better at my job than I am, that's for sure. 
we were standing there and we're waiting to do our hit. And Warren Brent's is the D tackle there at Georgia was starting to walk her away. And I looked over to him and he kind of smiled. I just said, Hey man, congrats. And he, as he walked close to me, he goes, Hey, can I come on and interview you? I go, yeah, do whatever you want, man. I was like, well, let's go. Here you go. Like we're just waiting. And so of course you learn and when the red light goes on, like the cameras are always rolling. And so he interviewed uh, Danny and myself. And then he, that was really the first moment we realized Kirby smart had brainwashed all these young men into thinking that someone thought they were not going to be able to repeat or maybe we're going to be worse than I think their worst ranking this year was like number three in the country. Like someone thought they weren't going to be in contention for a national championship. And, and it's crazy to think that considering how much NFL talent they have, how deep they are, how skilled they are. Um, but anyway, that was just my most recent experience going to SoFi and obviously watching Georgia and the SEC dominate college football. I've never seen a um, score like that. Well, that you've was, seen a score like that. You just haven't seen it in a national championship game. Right, right, exactly. Like all with with yeah. I mean, like that's that's the that's the biggest blowout on those like that stage that I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, that's better. That's worse than that that Chargers uh, Niners Super Bowl in like yeah. ninety five or something like that. Something um, like that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, mean, I I remember being at a Super Bowl watch party for that when I was a like kid. And our parents were like, blow out, we're just leaving. Like, this yeah. isn't even like at a young age, I remember leaving. And by the way, I was a huge 49ers fan along with the Browns. I grew up, you know, in Columbus. So I rooted for the Browns, but I had family out in Northern California. And my grandfather, my dad's side, got me one of those old gold 49ers jackets, you know, the old school ones with yeah. like the red and white collar and all that. And I love Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was my favorite football player of all time. So watching him and Joe Montana and all that, it was just, it was really cool. But, um, who, um, who, the biggest, who, has, who had the biggest biceps on the HQ set? You, Ryan Wilson wants to know this. You, Danny, or Josh Pate? I don't know. We 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 didn't really look to to measure. No, all please, that. I think we could please. probably exclude. We could probably exclude Danny from it. I'd probably not <laughs> Pate. Um, but the interesting thing about that matchup, by the way, is that was the largest spread for a national championship game, and the last two times you had spreads near that. Both underdogs won outright. So not oh. only was it uh, – and by the way, look at Ryan. Yeah, no chance, <laughs> Ryan. Um, back, back back then, both Florida State – or no, Oklahoma, I believe, upset Florida State. And then Ohio State uh, upset Miami outright. Uh, and so people were, like, hanging on to that before the game. And I was like, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And uh, then being on the field before the game, I was like, oh, gosh, it even looks like a big disparity between these two Did teams. Really? Like, like, like the eye test. Then at halftime, it was 38-7. Everyone's like, oh, man, no way you can come back from this. And someone pulls the old, well, you know, teams who are down by 31, they're like 1, 513, <laughs> and 4. And guess who that number one team was? TCU in the Alamo Bowl. They did it. I was like, oh, okay. Well, that's not happening today. But Yeah, we got to, it got to halftime. I was like, um, all right, I'll be taking some more Georgia, whatever the spread is, and some under because Kirby's going to snuff these guys out. Like, is that pregame speech real? The what we heard from him? I mean, it has to be, right? Yeah, which I don't know why. If, look, if people have a problem with that, it, look. That's what, that's what pregame speeches are. Well, they're not always like that. Okay, and okay, I that was a little more effy and essy. And well, th that's the thing is when, when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's not even that bad. Like, I've heard pregame speeches that have way more profanity. And that's where I'm like, first off, if you're offended by that or you didn't like what you heard, football's probably not for you at least to play. Like maybe you should just be a fan because his job is to get all those young men 
ready to go play not a contact sport, a collision sport, yep. a sport where you have big, strong, athletic, fast human beings smashing into other guys. In order to do that, you have to have a certain mindset and you have to kind of hit a switch and be a completely different person. And, and I, even as a quarterback, like I always say to people, you still have to flip a switch because you're going to get hit by those guys. And it takes a certain kind of crazy to kind of put yourself in that position. And so, like, I used to tell a story back when I was young. So my, I was getting ready to play kids pitch, right? Play t-ball, play coaches pitch. And when you were in coaches pitch, you're like, the dads aren't really going to hit you unless they're drunk out there on the mound throwing pitches to the kids. But I remember my, my parents were like, all right, do you want to play kids pitch? I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, what happens if they hit me with the ball and all that? And oh boy. my dad Shop just looks up. at me and goes, he goes, let's, let's go outside. You got four baseballs. And, and that's what he's like, bring your bat. I was like, all right. So I bring my bat, stand in there. Throws the first one, hits me. And I kind of threw it soft. And, and, and I was like, what the heck? And he, he was like, well, how'd that feel? I go, I don't know. It didn't hurt. He goes, all right. He goes, get in there again. Throws another one. A little harder. Hits me. I'm like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, now, now the, like, the, like the third one I ducked and like missed. And the next one he threw a little faster. So I could get out of the way. It hit me. And, I, and, and he's like, are you okay? I go, yeah, I'm okay. He goes, there you go. He goes, no one's going to throw harder than me. And he goes, yeah. and it doesn't hurt. He's like, so get in there, go play. You're good at baseball. You're, everything's going to be great. And uh, honestly, it was one of the best lessons he ever taught me. So again, like you have to understand, like there's a mentality to playing football. You're going to hit, you're going to get hit. And you have to mentally prepare yourself for that. I think too oftentimes we kind of are like scared to teach kids like the physicality that's involved in sports, especially football at a young age, but it's good for them. It's healthy to prepare them for those things. Um, I thought it was just as sort of an example of that. You know, I was watching the the Rams and the Seahawks game on Sunday, and DK Metcalf took umbrage with uh, Jalen Ramsey laying a shoulder into Geno Smith's chest as Geno Smith is running sort of out of bounds ish. It was it was flagged, not surprisingly, um, but you know when and then DK goes up and like shoves Ramsey and they're like going at it and you know they're battling this whole game and then at the end at, like after the game you see him on the on the field talking to each other and they're like you can see DK they're like high five and like talking and, like. And maybe they don't love each other, but it's like th that's that on-off switch that you're talking about, I think, where it's like when you're on the field for 60 minutes, you are doing battle. like, And it looks like and look, like Mike Evans and um, Marshall Lattimore might actually hate each other. I'm sure there are right. plenty of people who do hate each other, but you always see these guys who like are going to war – and then as soon as the game's over, it's like, hey, I appreciate you. You know, like, like you know, high five. Dude, in between snaps, what are you talking about? It doesn't have to be, like, after the game. I mean, you get, like, a timeout or something. The guys right, are sure. out there. Hey, man, how are your kids? Kids good? Yeah, they're good, man. Oh, yeah. So-and-so's getting big. Yeah, he's getting big, man. Yeah, he's starting to play football and stuff. All right. And you see him go to the line of scrimmage. Watch that mother effer. Go get you. Know, uh, and you hear all this stuff. And, like, and then there's, like, a break in the play. And, yeah, hey, all right. Uh, how are your mom and dad? Mom, yeah, mom and dad are good. I mean, you hear, like, these sorts of conversations all the time in between. It's not what you think. Like it's, it's very professional, but it's competitive and it's, it's no different than, for example, when the pick six podcast, right. And all its friends see a crew from Fox or if they see, oh, a crew see around the NFL podcast, yeah, it's beef city. Yeah, well, it's, you're competitive, you get a little beef, a little, little squawking back and forth. Like the Will Brinson. <laughs> That's kind of like the Brinson bark. But you have a little bit of that back and forth, but then you're also professional, you know? You're not going to be like, you know, was it Anchorman when all the different news yeah, yeah, assembled yeah. and had this big battle royale? 
Brick yeah, stabs somebody with a trident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know what you're saying. Um, where, where Ryan Wilson comes in with a trident. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Pete's holding the grenade, like, looking at everyone. <laughs> I, I you got, you got like, that ball swinging around on that stick, and you're just, like, swinging it, getting ready to go hit someone, <laughs> smash them. I feel like little, Breach's uh, weapon would be. Breach would have, like, a flamethrower. He, he would just be out there, like, just a flamethrower out there shooting at everyone. Or he would have like, or he would be like dressed like in like a little ninja outfit with like a sword and be like like climbing around like jabbing people. There you go. Um, what about the the players from the championship game? Because Georgia, by the way, had five first round picks last year, and yeah. then like three more second round picks, and they still came back completely loaded. Um, I don't know if you saw total it. kids the, drafted five in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not I mean, sure. I'll say this much: uh, the Washington, their tight end, he walked by, I and mean, Bowers obviously would be a high draft pick if he's draft eligible. He's not. Washington is though he walked by and I was like okay like I have not seen a guy that big move as well as he does at six foot seven 270 pounds like, like that, that's he's the outrageous type of guy where if it doesn't work out a tight end he puts on 20 pounds and he's a tackle and now he's just gonna play tackle for the rest of his life like they have some really really crazy athletic big guys that you just don't see and when you look at them you say okay like that guy's going to the nfl and and honestly traveling you know doing the stuff that i, I do for fox and, and watching tape and you see the disparities between teams that's the biggest difference like i remember playing in the high school american game which they just had and, and i was reading a quote from one of the players just talking about you know it's it's the big boys it's the linemen and d linemen how big they are how well they move for their size that's what just makes you like an awe. Like you see fast guys all the time, skill positions. You don't see linemen and D linemen that move the way they do for how big they do. That that's that's the thing you see at the college level that A wins and B, you see those guys getting ready to go up to the next level, and you're like, okay, they're all gonna have a shot to play in the NFL because of how big and athletic they are for that size. For sure. Um, okay, let's talk NFL. This is an NFL podcast. But uh again, I did enjoy your your uh your Brent, your interview with Brinson on the field. That was uh, I got a lot. I got tagged a bunch. I was like, why are people tagging me? And they're like, oh, that's why. Um, the Jets, oh boy, they got a weird situation on their hands. Um, I think I saw on so Steve Young was saying that like the relationship between Matt Lafleur or Mike Lafleur, excuse me, and Wilson essentially is not what. And, and Young is obviously close to Wilson because they both went to BYU. Um, he pointed out that like he needs he needs a more of a buddy as an offensive coordinator. I think we're like more of a, a guy who's like like you know bringing him in and not like keeping him not not giving him the hard knocks style tutoring. I don't know that that's like the answer. I think that's probably a Zach Wilson problem. We just covered that, right? Like, like you know, we just like ex- sort of a, an older version of what we just talked about. Like maybe a little hard love is good. My angle on all this is just if they're going to hold on to him, which probably isn't really good for either side. Like, I, I think they're only setting him up to fail moving forward in the sense of this. Like, if he doesn't perform well, and I, and I don't know how you can sign a, a veteran free agent. I mean, depending on who they sign, if they end up signing Jimmy Garoppolo, like a lot of people have connected the dots, you'd think Jimmy G would be the guy. Now, yeah, you have injury concerns with Jimmy G, but – he's going to look a lot better running an offense than Zach Wilson is. It's just based on what we've seen the last two years. Um, If it's Lamar Jackson, no doubt, right? There's this whole talk about maybe he's not playing because of the contract situation. It's not the knee or because of the knee and he doesn't have the contract. He doesn't want to, whatever the case may be, whatever free agent quarterback, you know, people are saying Aaron Rodgers, 
He'd be a guy you have to trade for. Maybe they'd be willing to do that. Whatever the case is, you're kind of know based on who that guy is they bring in because they will bring in someone. Um, I would be surprised if they drafted one with where they're I believe they draft number 13 overall. But I look at it and say, this was really botched by Robert Sala. And someone needs to look a lot harder at him and how he's handled this and other defensive-minded head coaches and how they've handled quarterbacks and maybe stunted the growth of those quarterbacks. You know, Tua Tungavailoa is one of the first that comes to mind because of how Brian Flores dealt with him. And look, I think Robert Sala is a great defensive mind. I think he's a good head coach. That doesn't mean that he's going to be great at developing a quarterback. So if you look at this, like, I realized Zach Wilson struggled this year. I was one of the first people to kind of foresee that happening and, and got a lot of flack for it. Now, I, I'm not going to take a victory lap and in retrospect go, I told you. I will say this. I hated what then Robert Sala did. If you're going to back the guy, let him go through growing pains. Like, deal with it as an organization, as a team. You draft on number two overall. Give him every opportunity to learn and see if he can improve from that playing. He's not going to improve being inactive and sitting back and not playing games. And so now that you find yourself in this scenario where they're like, no, come hell or high water, you know, we've got it. We're going to all start. It's like, no, you're not. Like you're not setting him, him up to succeed unless he's just the guy going into next year. And you say, well, we're going to go with the status quo. We're not going to bring anyone else in. He's our guy come hell or high water. And then you see what he can do in year three being three years in a system, right? Like that's how they need to handle this. If they truly believe in Zach Wilson, if they don't, then go bring in another veteran free agent to go try to win you some football games, move him, and get some picks in exchange for whatever you can because at that point you'd have two years left on his rookie deal and the fifth-year option, which might be valuable to someone else who sees him as a yeah, potential. third-round pick for him, maybe? I mean, sure, yeah, maybe. But, but if someone sees potential in him, they probably want to have him for a couple of years before they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option, which they would – or at least a year, excuse me, before yeah. they have to make a decision on the fifth-year option as opposed to – waiting till after this year, then try to trade him. And you're like, well, he's got one year left and now you're going to make a, you know, make a decision on his fifth year option, which is fully guaranteed. That's probably not going to work out well. There's not just much value there. So I don't like how they treated him once things started to go the way I thought they're going to go this season. I thought, look, you made this bed, you got to lay in it. And you got to see if he can fight his way out of it, if he can grow and learn from those failures, those experiences. You know, that's what, that's the mindset you have to have, I think, as a quarterback in Zach Wilson's position, but also for Robert Sala. So now they find themselves in this tough spot where they don't have a great draft pick because they won too many games, but they didn't win enough games to be a playoff team. Right. And obviously he didn't play well enough to provide himself a solid spot as a starter next year. It's, it's, I think the, the example of Tua and the Dolphins and Brian Flores is perfect because they had, they were, Tua was like, they were winning games, but then the Dolphins sort of got up ahead of this, ahead of their like, theoretical schedule in terms of where they needed to be with, wins and losses and trying to make the playoffs. And so Brian Flores, I don't want to call it panicked, but you're like, you, you sort of, you start to mismanage the situation by yanking a quarterback in and out of the lineup. And it's in, I mean, all, I mean, look, we could say you know, football players are mentally tough, very mentally tough, obviously. But when you start yanking a quarterback in and out of the lineup, you're, you're a young guy, you were, you were threat. You were potentially damaging his, his confidence. You're damaging his... Right. And, and that's that's the biggest thing because football players are mentally tough. Like, I, I don't care um, what position you play. They're all mentally tough. It's Quarterbacks are different, though. It's a different type of mental tough because of how precious, as tough as they are, both mentally and physically, how precious confidence can be. And, and, and that's the one thing that I think you saw, too, fall by the wayside with 
how how the crowd would even react to Zach Wilson. Yeah. Before they benched him and put in Chris Streveler, when that was really the last time we saw Zach Wilson out there, you could see he had lost all confidence in whatever ability he has. And, and that's another tough thing, too, when you think about where he came from in BYU, which it is a unique program in and of itself, but it wasn't like he'd really burst on the scene as this nationally viewed quarterback. He had an okay, average first couple of years. His last year there, and I, I know I keep going back to this. I'm sure there's some people at BYU hate it or Jets fans who hate it, but the reality is it plays a role in all of this. You know, they played such a soft schedule that their success came in light of who they were playing, and then the stats look great, and all of a sudden, because he makes you know a throw that a lot of guys are going to make in t-shirt shorts at a pro day, people start getting like wild by it, and you just go, well, they throw up Mahomes as a comp. Like, what are we doing? Right. Uh, which I mean, again. I don't know why people feel the need to do that with a lot of these prospects and how we look at them. Like Bryce Young, I can't think of a guy that's even close to how he plays. He's so unique in how he sees the field and how he views things. It's probably why the Chicago Bears are contemplating looking at that number one pick and staying there and maybe taking him and trading Justin Fields. It's not a knock on Justin Fields. It's a credit to Bryce Young how unique talent he is. It's no different than what I said at the beginning of the season when I was like, hey, if the Jets lose enough games, they're going to have to contemplate one of these quarterbacks because you've got guys who are worth contemplating that are unbelievable prospects. I mean, Bryce Young, to me, is one of my favorite prospects I've ever seen since I started doing this and got out of football. And, and even since I've played football, he's one of my favorite players to watch on film. So, you know, that's just kind of part of the process for any front office. But with the Jets now, again, they find themselves in a position where, I don't know if Will Levis drops because his tape didn't look quite as good as it did two years ago. Maybe you, you take a... You know, look at him, but he's not a finished product by any means. Um, and then I think you look at the you got to look at the veteran free agent market and anyone potentially who'd be willing to get you know traded for. Well, and, and you know the Jets to your point before the season, look, they lost their last six games. They finished seven and ten. Like this is really the worst possible outcome for them for this entire season. Like this is worse than uh, three and fourteen. I, least- I think the crazy thing too is when I looked at their schedule before the season, everyone gave me flack for saying. Yeah, I really thought they were going to win five games. Everyone went with the whole 0-9 thing, but that was just how ignorant a lot of fans are. Sure. Um, I thought the second half of the season was a lot easier than the first half, and it turns out it was the exact opposite of the way it ended up playing out for their team. Um, and obviously injuries played a role in all of that too. And there's, uh, there's a foundation there, no doubt. They've got some tremendously talented players uh, on that roster. Joe Douglas has really done a good job. Yep. It's just now like the media spin and the narratives, like we, we can't talk about like, Zach Wilson, right? And, and, and maybe the deficiencies or the miss there or overdrafting him at number two overall. Uh, and, and instead, it's like, dude, look at everything else you've got on this roster. You've built this roster to allow someone to come in, take it over, and be a playoff team next year if you find the right guy. Well, and yeah, it, it's also like a little dangerous too because now it's being spun as the Jets are a quarterback away from really. And, and maybe they are, but I mean, that's, I mean, you got to be a pretty damn good roster to be a quarterback away. Like, like, I think when healthy, they are. They're a playoff team. You now, I don't know about a Super Bowl. It's not that. Right. But if you put Aaron Rodgers on the roster, if they traded for him, if you if you sign Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, look, anytime Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy for a full you know, 16, 17 games now, but in his career, yeah. they're going to the playoffs. Yep. How different really is this roster when healthy from what he's played with in San Francisco? Not as far as their ability to run the football and their ability to play good defense. I mean, I, and they're only going to build on that this offseason. So, um, you know, yeah. He makes a lot of sense in my mind. It's just, you know, he, and he's handled big markets, right? You know, he's handled San Francisco. He's handled, he's been the you know, backup to Tom Brady and then actually had to go in there and play. Jimmy's not going to be, Jimmy's not going to be dramatically uh, 
shell shock no, by the New York media. The Super Bowl. You know, it's like it's like he's he's been on big stage. He'll be fine handling the New York media. All right. Now, I don't know about take, the adult film stars and the dating scene there, but that's a whole other thing. So I I also do not know about. I don't know what the adult. You know what? Why don't we take a break instead of going into that tangent? <laughs> Are you going to take a quick break to go watch take some of that? Maybe break, some research. Do a little research, and uh, we'll reconvene in like ten or fifteen. We're calling that research. <laughs> uh, we'll take a is quick Ryan break. Wilson still watching? Maybe Ryan Wilson can do some research for us on that topic. That Ryan Wilson is a, is actually I think he wrote a book on it uh, under That's under a pseudonym. Yeah. If Philip, I mean, you had to live in DC. I heard it gets pretty wild there. Philip Willis was his uh, was his pseudonym. You know his real name's oh, Philip. Was it? Right? His real name is that. Philip. Yeah, with a P. I'll say is it Philip with an F. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for real though. Let's take a break. When we come back, how can you trust the Dallas Cowboys? Next, Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How can you trust the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know. I, I, this is a huge week. One, because they, ha- they, is it? Well, they haven't won a road playoff game since, what, 1995? Is that, is that where we're at? Um, if you look at, I think also, too, the narrative on Dak, this is probably, maybe you'd say, his worst season. You know, he's, he's had since taking over as a full-time starter in Dallas. The last two games have been poor, um, completing 54% of his passes, three touchdowns, three interceptions. He finished poorly versus Washington, and, Maybe they felt like that was a meaningless game that played a role, but whatever the case is, this is monumental in my mind. I think for the Cowboys, not only in regards to Mike McCarthy and what that looks like because of the Sean Payton connection and whether or not the Cowboys would want to make that move, but also I just think for Dak and how he's viewed as a potential starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So there's a lot up in the air. They're they're the favorite going into Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. I think their defensive line should be able to get after Tom Brady and make some plays. Uh, but to me, it comes down to Dak Prescott, who leads the league in interceptions. I think he leads the league in interception-worthy throws, too. But when you look at this, like it's such a monumentally huge game, I think, for Dak Prescott's career. Yeah, and is it, do you think there's any chance that Mike McCarthy could get fired if you said that while well, my crib crashed? Sorry. You know what? We were talking about this earlier. I mean, Jerry Jones have come, has come out and defended him saying it's not going to happen. Who knows? It's Jerry Jones. I mean, I, <laughs> it says a lot of stuff. So, it says a yeah, lot of stuff. maybe that has more to do with what Sean, how Sean Payton feels, you know, and where he would want to go coach. Um, but you, you do have to – I mean, I think it matters, too, how you lose, right? Yeah, for sure. And if they lose how they did last year, oh, I mean, man. people tend to forget because of all what's transpired. That was one of the worst endings to a game I've ever seen. He, Mike as McCarthy as got dragged for like a week because of that. Yeah. 
And so you lose like that again, where there's like a huge coaching blunder or situational miss. Yeah. You're probably looking at saying this could be it. Yeah. And the other thing too, is like, you know, the bucks are eight, nine. They're, you know, everyone at, at a certain point, like three or four weeks ago, everyone assumed that the Cowboys were going to have the five seed. They had that shot, a little run to go get the one seed. Um, or at least to steal the division from the Eagles, you know, in, in week 18. Um, and you know, it didn't work out. You got to the spot you're going to be in. I mean, I think that Jerry Jones probably in his mind and in a lot of our minds has been thinking we are going to the second round of the playoffs because we got the five, because like worst case, we're either get the one seed with a buy in the division or two, we're the five seed and we're going on the road to play some loser coming out of the NFC South that we should wow. handily beat. This must be terrible to admit, but if it was Carolina and they lost, it'd probably be damning. And you like don't have that excuse, but because it's the Bucks and Tom Brady, feels a little different, right? Like a guy who's 35 and 12 in his career in the playoffs, and you got Dak walking in there with like a one and three record. But like that's the other thing. If I'm Tom Brady, who sounds like he's got a jolt of energy, right? This should be as rested as they've been. And he's kind of talked about this matchup. He's 35 and 12. Look at the rest of the quarterbacks in this NFC playoff picture. Like Brock Purdy doesn't have a start. Daniel Jones doesn't have a start. Dak Prescott, one and three. Kirk Cousins, one and three. Who else am I missing? Who else is left in all this? Gino. Um, Jalen Hurts, 0 oh and 1. Like Eugene Cyril Smith. <laughs> Gino, Gino doesn't, yeah, he doesn't have any. Like <laughs> if you're Tom Brady and you know these games are usually are close, they usually come down to a few plays here and there, and it comes down to decision making. You've been there, done it before. Like, you know this, this game is going to be tight. The spread tells you that, but I think the history tells you that with Tom Brady. And so he has to love his chances of this team that's, you know, won a Super Bowl. They've been there before. Like, they have to love the fact that we're in the tournament. That's all that matters. Yeah. And we get to host a, a playoff game. That's what I've been screaming for. Like, and getting yelled at by Wilson and Breach for like, like six weeks now. I'm like, look, I don't think the Bucs are any good. But if you put Tom Brady in the playoffs against a bunch of dudes who don't have any playoff starts or like minimal playoff wins, he, I mean, you look. You go back and look at even like Peyton Manning went nineteen of forty two in his first playoff start. Like the playoffs are a different beast, man. You are yeah. your mindset has completely flipped as a quarterback when you when you go to the preseason. It's just the game's tighter. It's faster. You know everything as far as what you've done is out there. So they know your identity. They know your weaknesses. They know your strengths. Um, they're going to pick on those things big time, and and they're going to change some things up on you in game. And you've got to be able to adapt and adjust. And that's the hardest thing is when you're a rookie quarterback when you're a young player. It's the ability not only to change things at the line of scrimmage in real time, but then series to series. You know, sometimes, you know, you go in with a young quarterback and player, you can stay on script for a while because everything's working, right? And you don't have to make those adjustments. When you have to start drawing stuff up in the dirt, experience comes into play big time. And that roster has that experience. So, look, the, the decisive mismatch in that game is going to be the Dallas Cowboys front versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. But they do get Ryan Jensen back. That should help solidify the interior of the pocket and allows Tom Brady to step up, which he loves to do, and you can help protect the edges. But the other thing I'd say is who's the best at getting the ball out of his hand quick? Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Thomas Everett. So he kind of nullify that rush a little bit. Yeah. I my bold prediction was the Bucks win by four touchdowns. I don't really believe that, but we'll see. Um, that would get Mike McCarthy fired, I think. By the way, yeah. all right. So, really quickly, let's touch on very quickly. Tua Tungavaloa, not gonna play this weekend. Thank you, Dolphins, for doing the medically responsible thing here. I don't see how he can play again the rest of the year, even if he's cleared. Like it's, I, I, 
I mean, I guess if we, I don't know. It's it's tough. Like you get you get a Super Bowl or something, and I don't I don't know. It's just it just feels like it would. It's just too dangerous to play him. No, it's it's most likely the right decision long term for his well being. I think the more crazy thing is the fact that Teddy Bridgewater can't go. You know, as a quarterback with a pinky injury, it's it's really different. That that's probably the least valued finger you have when holding well, a football. Just for for the rest of us out there, even us lay people, also agree, least valuable finger. Yeah, the least valuable finger. Yeah. All right. Like these three are the most important on a football. All right. This one's going to kind of help guide. These two are the last two to touch the ball and push and help spin it, right? When you, when you throw the football. This one, honestly, like we do drills where you take your pinky off and you just throw the football. So it's more surprising to me, like a veteran who they brought in who's had success in the league, well, that's how you drink your beers, um, <laughs> that he would be prepared for this sort of moment to come in and kind of save the day. He has not been reliable at all. And it's, now you've got a rookie who's going to at least slate it as a now to go in and start. And that's just tough duty for Skylar Thompson to be in. It's tough for the rest of the team. I think Tyreek Hill, who's a game changer, if he's got a guy in there and get him the football. Um, and then you've got Raheem Mostert dealing with a thumb injury. So it's just it's tough all the way around the quarterback position uh, because of you know that injury, not only the two that keeps him out, but then Teddy Bridgewater and you know not wanting to either play with the pinky or whatever's going on with the pinky, not you know play or grip the ball well enough to throw it effectively enough. All right, you got to go unless you want to talk Lamar really quickly. You got to go. Well, I quickly, I just say quickly, like, I don't know if it's the contract thing or not. The only thing I'd say about the PCL is he is not going to feel 100% the rest of the season. Like, it's just, you're not. I don't know the severity of if it's a fully torn, partially torn. It was a PCL injury. That's all I know. And I, I've tore my PCL in a bowl game, last game of my college career. Um, I remember they were like, yeah, six weeks of rehab. And then you start, should start to feel better afterwards. It, it still didn't feel good. And you kind of just eventually strengthen it, do some rehab stuff, but you just kind of adapt to how it feels. Mm. He's so dynamic as a runner. I just I can't imagine he can go into any of these games and be the same type of runner and not have to solely rely basically on playing from the pocket. And so I, it's an uphill battle. They haven't agreed to him for a long-term deal. And instead of you, they signed Roquan Smith to an extension. I wonder how that's playing with them. Now, granted, people might say, well, they were going to franchise tag one of the two, and obviously if you can't get to an agreement with Lamar, you save it for Lamar Jackson. Okay. But – the deadline to that point, we're not there yet. And you gave Roquan Smith a really good deal for an off-the-ball linebacker. You know, he's not an edge rusher. Right so before the just, playoff game that Lamar might not play in. Yeah, so that's got to be tough to digest. Um, but I hope he plays. He's so much fun to watch. And, yeah. and you know, again, it, it's just it, it's a big risk. I mean, obviously, you could make it worse. You could tear it completely if it's not already, you know, fully torn. Uh, and clearly, that's going to impact the, the style of which he plays. All right. Awesome stuff. As always, Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn Football Show. Watch him on HQ. We'll be on there with Pete Brisker shortly. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. For Brady and Brinson, bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 